Ladies and gentlemen, Crystal Clear Industries, in association with Rhinestone Radio Podcasts, is proud to present Old Hollywood Realness. Brought to you in vibrant podcastoscope for your listening pleasure. Join your hosts Kathleen Null and Philip Estrada as they recap Hollywood's dazzling darlings one film at a time. And now, please sit back, relax, and enjoy the program. You look so gorgeous tonight. Thank you, girl. <laughs> yeah, hi, queen. <laughs> hey, queen. I'm feeling it to my wig. This says New Age Bookstore, Houston, 1993. I love it. <laughs> it's very, um, it's very like spiral perm, a la early 90s. Mm-hmm. I'm into it. Or like yes, that arrested development it. of a woman who still gets a perm. <laughs> Yes, exactly. <laughs> and probably still works at a bookstore. Yes, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> like Portlandia, the one well, you the know, women where they sell crystals and shit. With, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> with a Y. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, my God. So good. Totally. Okay. Well, hi, guys. Hey, y'all. It's Philip Estrada. It's Kathleen Knoll. And this is Old Hollywood Realness, the podcast yeah. dedicated to the glitz and glamour of Hollywood's golden era. How Yeah, welcome back. Hope you all are doing wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Halloween's right around the corner and it's super exciting. Oh my god, I'm so excited. <laughs> um, for those of us, I just want to get you guys know, um, this is like Philip Philip and I, this is like a Christmas. Really, yeah. I mean, this is like our Christmas and birthday. I mean, to me, it's that, that's that's how special Halloween is. Yes, that's yeah. true. It is. It is. I mean, I I think what I love about it, Halloween the most is that everybody's kind of in on it, and it's the one day a year when everyone kind of gets dressed up and goes buck wild. And I'm like, that's. I, yep. I wish people would dress up crazy more often, but. The fact that there's Me at least too. one day a year where it's sanctioned and everyone's in on it and anyone who says that they're like, I'm not into Halloween, I don't really like dressing up. I'm just like, <laughs> moving on, I don't have anything left to say to you. <laughs> right? That's my exactly. that's, that's my way of living. Um, how's your costume coming along? Um, It's good. We, we haven't really made, I mean, I think we're going to do Ellen Peg Bundy again, so I just oh, need nice. to sort of get out what I... What I had crafted last year, and I'm pretty I'm excited that. about that. And yeah, uh, yeah. so it, it's it's weird. I'm having one of those weird Halloweens where I'm not like, what am I gonna do? Like I'm perfectly okay with what I'm gonna do. It's actually the weekend that's just after Halloween is when I go back to I I I, I fly to Oakland, and uh, every year my friends and I go to this vampire ball. <laughs> Loving it. Yes, it's uh, it's a vampire. Like, we actually call it goth prom. Grown women in vampire garb. That's right, and it's amazing. Yeah, and it's God. in Alameda, which is this teeny tiny island that's over in the Bay Area, like sort of just right next door to Oakland, and you know, kind of near San Francisco. But that's where like uh, there's this. Um, there's well it's it's a group that i guess they do dances like every month and they do a different theme but every year they um have this vampire ball and they have it in um it's like this elks lodge that's been there for like i know it's really cool but it's been there since like the turn of the century and so it's really i mean like you know the 19th century or whatever (laughs) like not the last one and so it's really beautiful and it's awesome because like for years my friends and i we would like we're like, let's dress up and go to clubs in San Francisco. And it was fun, but it was always a little anticlimactic because we would like dress up really amazing and do these great group costumes. But then like some douche would always like win best costume because he was like, oh, look, it's the Jack in the Box head. He's so funny. Yeah. You know, and so we just kind of like it kind of like, you know, after and then we discovered this other event that we got, we, you know, and then we're like, wow, this is like more fun than Halloween. So we that's like this thing we go to every year i'm into it and that's awesome a, and so yeah i mean i want you to go with me one year it's so much fun it's such a great excuse to make costumes because it's like it's not at a club it's actually like at a really nice place among other people who are dressed nice oh, and fun. so you're not treated like you're in a club like it's yeah and it's in like a nice area so that's rad 
shout out to the uh it's like the peers i don't know what exactly that stands for but Mm. it's an alameda and they do this it's called the vampire ball but we call it goth prom (laughs) yeah and i'm making a dress for that yeah that's wonderful yeah what about you what are you doing for halloween um well i'm gonna be dressed up like a basketball man um i'm re i'm repurposing the share jersey that i made so it's a full sequin basketball jersey that i wore to the share concert and so i found matching shorts to it that are actually the same fabric and everything so i'm sequining those shorts so that i have a full sequin um basketball uniform and i play for the for the shares the fighting shares and um (laughs) go shares um go shares and ryan's gonna be a baseball man so I'm, I'm basically <laughs> <laughs> so he has a full baseball outfit and I it's like got pinstripes on the, the jersey so I'm sequining the pinstripes so he's like super glamorous because you know I'm you gotta Liberace up everything that I make because that's how, of course you know, cause that's, yeah because that's how yeah. I do um I believe with sequins should just follow every kind of description from everything you make oh, you're like yeah. well I'm making this amazing coat with sequins yeah it's like pretty much they're just like <laughs> if I'm making anything that's not sequins there's something wrong clearly yeah you know it's like either it, it, someone need an in my family has died or <laughs> I've been body snatched or you know the the standard stuff so yeah so there's definitely lots of sequins on it and I have I currently right now I um I'm cutting apart a basketball a small child-sized basketball that I bought um and I'm making it into a clutch purse because (laughs) Halloween is all about the accessories Uh, Um, it absolutely is (laughs) totally so everyone so I tell that to everyone they're like when they're like what should I be for Halloween and when they finally decide I'm like accessories you have to carry around something because you need something to pose with in the photos yes so and it always makes everything funnier if you have something to pose with and it might as well be something you can put your ID or etc or your phone or something in I'm a big fan Uh like that's why every time I make anything I don't either build it with pockets or make some sort of purse because it's like that's the reality it's like what am i gonna do where am i gonna go in this outfit like you you know what's that intent and so you have to kind of build around that it's cool because it's kind of like all part of the all part of the adventure so we're gonna end up we're going to um we're meeting up with some peeps that we have um that i've befriended here in seattle and we're gonna meet up and go to a um drag slash burlesque show that's being hosted by Ben Della Creme from RuPaul's Drag what? Race. Amazing. Uh, maybe a little show that you've heard of called RuPaul's Drag Race. Um, oh, I don't know. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so we're going to do that. And then after that, we're going to head over to some random gay bar and just like get loaded, <laughs> you know. Well, that sounds fantastic. And I can't wait to go to the gay bar with my little like sequin basketball outfit oh my and God. my glittery basketball. <laughs> and I'm going to be like, swish, baby. Oh my gosh, <laughs> swish, exactly. swish, motherfuckers. <laughs> so, yeah. It's After be everybody great. stops gagging and picks himself off the floor, <laughs> <laughs> maybe he'll get some compliments. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I even have a teenier, tinier, little tiny basketball that's maybe like four inches big that a, um, oh that a chick at work um, gave me. And um, I'm going to make it into a little fascinator hat. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to get side eyes so hard. Your eyeball be shooting out the window. Shooting out the window. I know. Out the window. I know. <laughs> it's going to be so fun. I can't wait. But... So that's Halloween, but um, we actually came here today to speak about a movie. So yes, um, Yes. moving right into that. But consider this our Halloween special. Totally. This movie takes place on Halloween and Mm -hmm. this movie is Arsenic and Old Lace from 1944, the Warner Brothers madcap thriller comedy. So what's your history with this movie, Kathleen? How do you know it? How did, because you suggested this movie. I did. Um, well, um, I, I kind of did grow up watching this movie here and there. Um, and I remember um, hearing, so I have an aunt who's only 12 years older than me. And um, when she was, I remember hearing, and when she was in high school, she played one of the aunts and she crushed it. <laughs> nice. So, <laughs> uh, she is now an Oxford scholar. Oh, and it's kind of that amazing. aunt. So, okay. Yeah. <laughs> that, that aunt. <laughs> so she was serving up some. Jane Potter, uh, Dr. Jane Potter, nice. y'all. Just, uh, just want to put it out there. Yeah. She's she amazing. was serving up some bitty ass um, so, realness. <laughs> she was serving up some bitty ass realness and it was great. <laughs> and um, I love Love it and I think that um I, I yeah I've watched this movie off and on throughout my life um I 
I really do love it. And it's sort of a, a, a testament to how much I really, really love like amazing crazy old ladies like i have this <laughs> i'm like this. if i if i only can live so long <laughs> this to movie be is a like, woman like this yes, it is it. like it is i love it it is like it is it is where golden girls come from <laughs> is where all the things come from it is amazing and um yes nothing but better I, yeah. than delusional old biddies like who have oh my gosh coming from a family of insanity and weirdness it's awesome and with tons of money <laughs> It's great. That's awesome. <laughs> what about you? What's your experience with it? <laughs> well, this is my first time actually watching it. I had seen, I you know, I've kind of been aware of this movie, but never mm. really actually knew anything about it. And I didn't. So I kind of went in going blind into this movie at all. I mean, granted, Cary, Grant, Cary Grant's in it. So, like, it's going to be a good. Is, yeah. yeah. Hello. Um, so, yeah, I was just like, oh, Cary Grant's in it. It's going to be good. So I expected it to be because the poster has, like, him with, you know, the, his love interest, like, slown over his shoulder. And I just assumed that there was it was going to have more of a spooky vibe or spooky element or something with, like, ghosts or, you know, vampires or some such nonsense like yeah. that. But it was it ended up being not what I expected at all. But it was really <laughs> fucking funny. Like, really funny, really morose, and really it just it was hilarious. And I, I really did enjoy myself so thank you so much for recommending this 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 feature okay i'm Um, I'm really glad you liked it and you know what's really amazing is that when so i had suggested this and then like i was doing research and naturally we google things and it it came up with a a movie listing and um it it this movie was actually playing last saturday at a little tiny movie theater in a little tiny town about an hour away from me and so i went to go see it and it was great to see a classic movie Ugh. and a movie theater that was built in the twenties in this oh cute little like God. old town in downtown shout out to the Liberty theater in Camas, Washington. That place yeah. is amazing. That's and so they, rad. It's great. And they like it, they show classic movies and like art films on the regular. And so even just like sitting there watching the previews for all these like artsy movies, I almost like, I started tearing up cause I was, it reminded me of when I was a teenager and I used to like drive way into like downtown Houston just to go to a tiny like art house theater and see something and be like oh god yes there's a world outside <laughs> and it's just it was great so yeah I loved it and um and I you know and I took Mike I took my boyfriend and, and he had never he's not really into old he says he's not really into old movies but he really enjoyed it and then when I watched the movie again tonight he was kind of chuckling and like really enjoyed even watching bits of it again so oh. it definitely holds up I, I I liked it. Yeah, this I'm so jealous you got to see this on the big screen. I love oh, I love that it worked out that way for you. Yes, able to I hope watch we can it. find things that were like maybe we can coordinate that, like find no, movies that wonderful. are playing in our old ones and then like podcast about them because it was th- seeing things on a big screen. It's just. It's the makes, best. It, makes it really a difference. is. It really yeah, does. It totally makes a difference. And it also like <laughs> I yeah I mean I get it I, I totally agree. Um, because it really kind of like that the movie going experience is kind of so different. Like you really it forces you to like shut everything out, and it's nice that the room is like yeah. completely dark and it's so big, and you're like, oh, so wonderful. Yeah, and I think being in those older movie theaters and even be going to those kind of showings, the people who go to them have the same level of sort of behavior and respect that I do. It's like, oh, yeah. I'm not worried about someone having a phone out. I'm not worried about someone talking. I'm not worried. Even if they bring kids, like I've been in like, I've gone to showings of like the wizard of Oz and I'm like, Oh my, like there's so, I'm like, Oh God, there's so many children. Like this is not going to be good. <laughs> and they're perfectly behaved yeah. and nice Wonderful. because maybe because like their parents or whoever, like te- like, I don't know. They just, and it made me, so, I was like, I'm so impressed right now with your etiquette <laughs> and being quiet. <laughs> but it's, I, mean, I really do think when you go to move a classic movie in a theater, you'd be surprised that the, the people who gravitate to even going to those are not, the average people you go to, you know, when you go to see like a blockbuster on a Friday night. Right. So yeah. I totally highly recommend. Agree. I mean, it was, we recently, actually it was funny. We last night we went to go see the movie it. Um, Cause mm. we were like, Oh, it's Halloween. Let's go see a scary movie. And the movie that we watched before that in the movie theater was an art house film. Oh, um, Tom of Finland, which was like kind of part of the F- Seattle film festival. And then before cool. that was singing in the rain. Cause they oh. re-released that. And I was just like, that was a joy. So I totally agree. Like I would love to see more. I want to see more, um, you know, classic films on. Yeah. Screen. So I'm definitely going to make it a, make it a, um, 
a priority. That's the word I was looking for. Priority. Me too. Like yeah. after that, I really like I just need to really search out more like theaters that just randomly and they it is random. Like when they show classic films totally. and just go because it's worth it every time. I never regret it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, did you want to dive into this one? Yes, um, please. Real quick. So um, mm-hmm. as we were saying, Arsenic and Old Lace, it's from 1944 from Warner Brothers. Uh, the cast in this is going to be Cary Grant. He plays Mortimer Brewster, which I just love the fact that his name is Mortimer. That's such a, a funny ass <laughs> name. Like it already it sets the tone being like, we're not taking this movie seriously. Nope. Um, Priscilla Lane plays his love interest, Elaine Harper. His aunts, Abby Brewster and Abby Brewster is played by uh, Josephine Hall and Jean Adair plays Martha Brewster, the two aunts. Uh, John Alexander plays Teddy Brewster, who is his uncle, who is delusional, thinks that mm-hmm. he's thinks that he's Teddy Roosevelt. Um uh, who and uh, Raymond Massey plays Jonathan Br- Brewster, who is um, Mortimer's estranged brother, and Peter Laurie plays Dr. Einstein, who is this creepy little uh, plastic surgeon who runs around with Jonathan Brewster. Um, I'm going on record and saying that um, Don Alexander as Teddy is a national treasure in this movie. Uh, agreed. I, I, I um, love him and, so much. <laughs> and. I fail to realize, I mean, this was probably the first movie that I've actually watched through and through with Peter Lorre in it, like, and actually paid attention to it. And Peter Lorre is like, I kind of had like, I kind of had like a crush on him the whole time because I'm just like, his, uh, he was like, he so was cute. chewing up scenery in this movie, he which was. is how good of it. Like he was pulling focus in every scene that he was in yes. and his way, his acting style was just so amazingly mm-hmm. hilarious and so good and so creepy. I just, I could not get enough of Peter. Lorre. He's so good. I mean, Oh my God. Um, so this is based, Oh, the director of this movie is Frank, Frank Capra, who is most mm-hmm. famous for it's a wonderful life. And the costume design in this movie is by Ori Kelly. Um, who is actually rumored to be Cary Grant's lover. So Okay yeah. then. Also uh, just the MGM standard costume designer for like Evs at that time. Right. right. So he was like he the did, studio. Like, Laura, yeah. And like yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was the studio costume designer for Warner Brothers. So yeah. Mm-hmm. So he was like that kind of like Edith Head level, Adrian level kind of costume designer. So Well, may yeah. I say Cary Grant's suit looked marvelous. Oh my god. That, <laughs> marvelous. I mean, you Gotta love that nineteen forties double breasted suit. Woo! So oh, good. It good makes Lord. any body look good. Just I the mean, way everything drapes from the shoulders so perfectly. Yeah, it if you got broad gorgeous. shoulders and a narrow waist, mm-hmm. wear a double-breasted suit. You'll look amazing. Seriously. And <laughs> I mean, it shows off girl. your big hands. Oh, yeah. wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, <laughs> yeah, big hands. Good for him. Um, <laughs> Go for him. Go for him. So this is based on the Joseph Kesserling's play, um, Arsenic and Old Lace. And actually, Boris Karloff played Jonathan Brewster in the stage version, and cause, mm-hmm. which is funny because they kept making references in the movie about how he looked like Boris Karloff. Um, which is what they did in the play, which yeah. would have been hilarious if you're I actually mean, watching a play. Jesus. And it's like, oh, my God, it's fucking Bar. And everybody's like, hey, you look yeah. at that monster. <laughs> and I, I guess that's why like they had to... I, I don't want to jump ahead, but I guess they had to postpone oh, the, no. the, 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 the actual, like they filmed this movie, but they had to postpone the actual viewing of the movie right. because Boris Karloff right. was in the, the Broadway play. They had, um, yeah, it was part of the contractual yeah. agreement. They, yeah. they weren't going to release the movie until the play's run had ended and the ra- mm-hmm. the play ran for like two more years. So it was like, it was a smash bang hit. So they had to just keep like, they just kind of had to sit on the film. Um, I love that this is like, this is totally like a play that was hugely popular during World War II. Like all basically throughout the entire war, like arsenic and old lace, like held up. And that, I just think that goes to show like, that shows a lot about what we were and who we, who we used to be as a, as a, I'm just saying, like as a, as a country, like yeah. we were dark, but we were funny and we were smart. Love that. What happened? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I'm, I'm just well, I mean, moving on. <coughs> now it's all, now it's the season of the Thor. So yeah, what are you going to well, do? Well, yeah. Um, so Boris, like you're like we were saying, Boris Karloff was in the Broadway stage perversion, and so was actually um, Josephine Hall and Gina Dare and John yes. Alexander. They were all in the original cast. Um, Boris Karloff actually they they allowed um, 
Holiday and Alexander to be in the movie while Carlos stayed behind in the stage production and they let yeah. um, they let uh, understudies go on because they were they basically it was like they were filming for six to eight weeks on the movie and they didn't want sa- um, ticket sales to dip during that yeah. time so they kept Boris Karloff on the stage to like keep the draw. Yeah, but I they mean it makes sense because he's the, the name that they yeah, keep like the, saying in the move in the the play. Exactly. Yeah. So that was so that's why he's not in the movie, um, and that's why it, they ended up going with Raymond Massey, um, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Well, I I think that it it's it's pretty obvious like the two aunts and Teddy that like you know you're saying that they were in the original play. It's really mm-hmm. obvious because they crush it. Oh like my god, they, yeah. They crush it. Like everything they do was so effortless and but it's so good. And yes, it's very stagey and theatrical and but yeah, it's like it's so funny. It, like you know, what just just watch, watch it a couple times. Like if if it's not something you're used to watching. And also like Arsic and Old Lace is a pretty popular play that's done in high school. Oh yeah. And it's one of those great like and I don't mean this in any way negative. It's like a starter play. It's a great starter play. Totally, because like it's if like there's I a were fairly like a, small cast. Yeah, and exactly. You can get away small class. Yes, and it's kind of dark and it's funny, but it's it's also kind of clean. And I think it's a it, it is really a perfect play to do in high school if you have like you know a drama teacher who's kind of with it and like kind of knows oh, your yeah. shit and gives a shit. It's really great. And also to that point of like costuming. Like, um, just their outfits and stuff, I think, are such great examples of, like, if you're a costume designer, like, designing for different ages and different intents and, like, characters. And it's just, it, yeah, it's super fun. Oh, Love yeah. it. And, um... Also, like, there's not there's not any real any real costume changes. Like, the only costume no, changes really. for this movie were the ants. The ants had a costume change when they went to the funeral, so they were mm-hmm. in their costume, and then they changed into their funerary gear. And then later on, and then um, Elaine Harper, she has her initial costume, and then she changes into one later on, and that's pretty mm-hmm. much it. And everyone yeah. else just stays in their costumes. Um, but this does really do play like a play like a stage play like literally people are leaving this leaving the scene and then immediately being replaced by other people like it's so yeah. kind of like it is madcap like this it movie is, is very ban- this movie is banana crackers and is not apologizing for it super like, bananas but like hey you know i was in, thinking like how do we introduce this movie because i was like what do you call home like <laughs> is is your home full of insane people because i know mine kind of is and <laughs> You know, and home is a different place for everyone. Oh my god! It may yeah, not be so. where you grew up, and it's... and uh, I think that that shows that in some way. In like Brooklyn, tell <laughs> us about that, Philip. You live oh there. Oh my god, <laughs> that well, was hilarious. My, my Brooklyn wasn't the Brooklyn that I lived in was not like this. This Brooklyn was very <sighs> idyllic and very 1940s, which I thought was really cool. Um, Could you have imagined having uh, a house like that could, in Brooklyn okay. with a little well, cemetery? Oh my God, I would have died. That's what's so died. funny is that that um, I love that about Lane Harper's um, house that she lived in was literally like her window butted up to a cemetery, and I was like, Yeah, well, that's not creepy at all. <laughs> nope, not at all. And um, I like she's like literally the the girl next door. Yeah, like, she's the preacher's who, daughter. Like, knew the ants like our whole life and you know like doesn't see anything i just i love it i love the whole thing of like hiding in plain sight like being like kind of wicked but but they're not really wicked though i don't know Um, like a little sociopathic like they honestly are they were justifying their you know we can talk about that later but they were justifying they were justifying all the murders they were just like well we were murdering them because they were lonely and you're like but you're not supposed to do that yeah exactly (laughs) that's kind of you know, it's like what is um I think uh Carrie Grant's character even says he's like Mary, he's like people tend to frown down on that. <laughs> like yeah, don't yeah. murder people. You should be collecting their hats like tiki mugs in a cabinet. Yes. Such a good... <laughs> Oh my god, I love that. That was so crazy. I loved it. It's too. like how did nobody so notice? <laughs> like how checked out was Mortimer? I oh love it. Um, but uh, I did want to highlight that. Um, so Teddy Brewster, John Alexander was amazing. I loved him so much. He was Me one of too. my favorite things yeah. about this movie. He mugged on screen like he. I mean, he knew what he was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so John Alexander um, was an accomplished stage actor, and he began his career in 1908. And he acted wow. in film and TV through 1962. And he is most known for this role. This is like his. This is his role. Yeah. 
1908? Are you serious? Yeah. That's crazy. Uh-huh. Um, and I did want to talk about a little bit about Peter Lorre, too, because I loved Sure. He was, he's so amazing. I love him. So he began his career as an actor in Germany and Austria in the early 1930s and was cast as um, a psychopath child killer in the Fritz Lang movie M from 1931. Yes, and, I know. Um, I know about I, that movie. Mm-mm. Yeah. I do want to watch that. It looks I've seen it around and I've seen like the box cover and the um cover the poster art around and I've been meaning to watch that one. Um and during the rise of the Third Reich, Laurie actually left Germany for Paris and London and ended up in Hollywood in 1935. Uh, his, of course, his star status was solidified when he was cast in the Maltese Falcon in 1941 and oh, then immediately followed it that. up with um, Casablanca in 1942. Uh, also that, yes. Yeah. So I need to get, I need to watch both of those again. Yeah. And uh, I mean, Spotlight on Peter Laurie, I, I just... Oh, man. I, I yeah I you can't take your eyes off of him. He, he's yes. so there's something so sinister, but something so like darkly humorous about him too. Like it's just he's yes. I love him. I mean, and you know what I would say is like modern. Like there's something about him that like reaches through the screen where it's almost like someone I'd almost see like or you'd want to see today. I oh, wouldn't yeah. say I would see today, but it's just like there's something about him that doesn't feel like he's not really wearing as much makeup as everyone else. He's just kind of doing his thing. And mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, it's kind of, it's, it's, he's so real. And so that feels very like he reaches through the screen in a very modern way. I completely agree. Like he's, I thought he was But amazing. Teddy too. Like Teddy, Teddy too. I don't know. There's something about I don't, him that I I'm like, Teddy I love you, like, man. I love yeah. you. <laughs> there is something about Teddy that really like, cause the only way I can um, equate it is like Ryan and I have been rewatching the original Will and Grace series. Um, oh yeah. On, yeah. Uh, on like NBC or whatever. Um, and because the new seasons, the new season just started, so we've been watching the old ones. And there's something so like that show kind of read was a little bit like, kind of like old movie quality. There was a lot of like a oh, lot for sure. of there was a lot of like quick banter, a lot of like face, a lot of faces, a lot of mugging, a lot of like physical comedy in that show. And mm-hmm. Teddy's uh, reminds me of that in a way, like his like super large bigger than life like acting because he's playing to the back of the room and that sort of thing going for big laughs and stuff like i that's the only thing i can equate it to is that sort of that's what feels like he just feels very like stagey but i loved it was so like i loved it too because i feel like like editing and the camera work around like people's facial expressions and like cutting to people was amazing like the editing work in this movie is fantastic oh my god yeah like they're telling that story just by like their cuts that they do are great and yeah, yeah. it's it's a this is a tight movie it's it's it really really, really good yeah and I know that um, I know that Cary Grant considered it one of his least favorite movies mm-hmm. cause, for because he thought that his acting was a little too broad and over the top but I'm yeah. like I kind of I kind of loved it regardless I, I was just like I, I, I read that too and I actually read an interview it was actually with his daughter who oh, talked yeah. about that and how. It, you know, it's funny. She would describe it, and it sounds like he would just cringe. Like, he really? would cringe even thinking about it, you know? But, or, huh. like, yeah, like, as far as how he, how he credited that movie. But even she was – but it worked perfectly. It yeah. worked so perfectly for the story and what he was doing. I mean, this is a guy who's, like, a George Clooney, born and raised New Yorker, in a sense, of, like, born and raised in Brooklyn. He's done his thing. He's in his 30. He wrote a book about marriage, how marriage sucks. And here yes. he is approaching 40 and he's literally marrying the girl next door. And so he's got to keep that shit under wraps because that's going to like blow his whole career. And so, yeah. but then on top of it, like he thinks everything's hunky dory at home because well, much like a lot of people from dysfunctional homes, you're really good at compartmentalizing all the weirdness. And so like, yes, he has a brother who thinks he's Teddy Roosevelt. Yes. He has a brother who's a goddamn psychopath. He hasn't seen in years and looks like a, fucking weirdo you know but he's been able to put that away compartmentalized because he has two aunties who raised him and give a a shit about him and he doesn't even know they're crazy because they love him so much and he's just able to thrive and it sounds like like i get the idea like teddy grew up in that house too teddy thrived too but it was like teddy can't leave the house because like even the way i what i love is all the uh expeditioning that the cops do in the beginning like the old cops even saying he's like look, these chicks are loaded and they have to take care of, you know, like they raise their, their, their nephews. And one of them, like you get the idea already, like, 
like Teddy's not there, but they're, you know, like they all know about him. He's, he's harmless. He just thinks he's something, but like he makes a lot of noise, but he doesn't do anything stupid. Yeah. You know, I mean, in this day and age, that'd be a blessing. I know. He doesn't do yeah. drugs. He doesn't smoke. He doesn't drink. He just thinks he's Teddy Roosevelt. That's I fine. I can handle I even, that. I even love you know? that. I even love that when, uh, when, uh, at the beginning, the two the two cops are talking at the beginning, and like yeah. the new guy is like Teddy Roosevelt. What is he? You know, and then the yeah. older cop is like, "Well, he could he could think he's worse people. Like there's exactly. like there's worse people he could think he is." And I was like, "Well, yeah. I guess that's one way of looking at it." Yeah, you and know. I love, and I actually really love because that through that whole expositioning, like the older cop is trying to pass down <clears throat> the beat to the younger cop, who is fucking hilarious. Like oh I God. love when he keeps yeah. Cary Grant tied up, and he's like. Because he's like, I'm 25. I need to tell you my screenplay. I got thing. I'm going places. <laughs> yeah. And then, but there's like his his sort of like weird rubbery movements when he's like talking and doing his whole storytelling is great. He's so fucking good. cute too. He's cute. I know he was actually I mean, kind of cute. cute. I was. I think on the second viewing, I was like, <laughs> okay. Yeah. I was like, okay, O'Hara. <laughs> uh, exactly. Yeah. I was like, you're love a man in cute. uniform. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How tall are you? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> He's cute. <laughs> yes. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and jump right into the story on this one because it, oh, yes. it is a dense madcap story. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's Halloween day and Cary Grant plays Mortimer Brewster, the famed drama critic who is known for his anti-marriage stance. Um, in the beginning of the film, he elopes against his better judgment to Elaine Harper, played by Priscilla Lane. Um, they have to stop off at home uh, and his aunt's house, which are next door to each other, like we were saying, to announce their wedding and to pick up some supplies for their um, Niagara Falls honeymoon. Uh, Mortimer's Aunt Abby, played by Josephine Hall, and um, Aunt Martha, played by Gina Dare, raised him along with his brother Jonathan and his uncle Teddy Brewster, played by John, uh, John Alexander, who believes he's Teddy Roosevelt, like we were saying. Um, while Mortimer is searching the um, the living room for notes on his next book, he discovers a body of a dead man in the window seat. He immediately suspects Teddy of killing um, of the killing, but is shocked to be corrected by Abby and Martha. They, in fact, killed Mister Hoskins with arsenic-laced wine and stuffed him in the window seat until they could bury him in the cellar with the other eleven bodies. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, good God. <laughs> Um, so it turns out these two old broads have been uh, poisoning old men by luring them into the house with a room for rent sign. Um, Mortimer cooks up a scheme to have Teddy committed to a sanitarium and pin the killings on his, on him to like, make sure that his aunts will be okay, which I thought was fairly noble, but also kind of short sighted. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. so, but first he, in order to do that, he needs a signature from a judge, a doctor and Teddy himself. So Mortimer frantically scrambles to get Teddy committed when the other, when another lodger comes in and narrowly misses drinking the poison as well. Um, and then he, so then Teddy, or sorry, then Mortimer leaves to get the necessary papers signed by a judge. Um, and then after he does that, he only needs two more signatures. So meanwhile, Teddy is digging the Panama Canal in the basement where all the bodies are buried. And Abby and Martha tell him that Mr. Hoskins has died from yellow fever and needs to be buried in the canal. While out, Bornemer's brother Jonathan, a career criminal played by Raymond Massey, shows up unannounced with a creepy plastic surgeon, Dr. Einstein, played by Peter Laurie. They are on the lamb from the Popo. Um, that's because they have their own corpse named Mr. Spinalzo. <laughs> I also Mr. love that. Mr. Spinalzo. <laughs> Mr. Spinalzo. Um, I also love that they would refer to the dead bodies by their names and not as the dead guy. Like they yes. never refer to them as a corpse or a dead body, which I think is kind of like funny. Mr. But Hoskins. I, Mr. Yeah. Hoskins. Um, and I wonder if that had something to do with the, uh, with the, <laughs> with the codes, like the censorship. It might codes, have, because it I might know... have been some weird thing they had to dodge because I know like you said, well, at the end he says like i'm the son of a sea cook but in the in the play he says i'm the son of a bass or like i'm the like something I'm about a bastard, being a bastard yeah. yeah yeah um that's interesting they also never show the bodies either they yeah. only show they only show one of them in silhouette but they never yeah. actually show any like so it's yeah, for all the gruesomeness that happens in this movie none of it is actually shown it's always alluded to which is yeah. interesting 
Um, I actually, I think it's really great the way they did it because it's all kind of told through facial expressions oh, yeah. and acting. And like Cary Grant, I mean, I mean again, he, he may not have, this may have not been his favorite role, but it works so perfect for yeah. like, if tell a story through your face, yes, Cary Grant, you get an A+. Plus. Like, <laughs> yeah, amazing, amazing. <laughs> exactly. So when Jonathan comes, so when Jonathan arrives, Abby and Martha don't recognize him at first because of his extensive plastic surgery by Dr. Einstein. So Johnny, um, but then eventually they do um, after he kind of like tells them who he is and tells them all stuff from their past. So Johnny decides that they're going to set up shop in the Brewster home, despite the auntie's protests. Um, When Teddy has Einstein inspect the canal in air quotes, um, he, they get the bright idea to bury their body in the basement. Um, so Johnny sends the aunts to bed so he can move Spinalzo into the house under the cover of darkness, while at the same time, Teddy takes Mr. Hoskins into the basement. Like I was saying, like one person leaves the one room and then somebody else is replacing them. It's right. always like very like, you know, it's so funny. Um, so their work is interrupted when uh, Elaine comes in, which forces them to stash Spinalzo in the window seat. Uh, formerly Hoskins' hiding place. Uh, Johnny gets all crazy pants on Elaine and tries to kill her, but is interrupted when uh, Mortimer returns. So Mortimer discovers the second body in the window seat and thinks that his aunt had bumped off another dude, but soon realizes that Jonathan is the culprit. And then the new cop on the beat, O'Hara, shows up. Um, Mortimer promises to discuss his um, the play that the cop is writing in order to get rid of him while taking Spinalzo in the basement. Einstein discovers Mr. Hoskins in the cellar and confronts um, Mortimer with this information, thinking he's a killer too. <laughs> Naturally, the ants jump in to defend their handiwork. <laughs> um, they don't want anybody taking credit for their for their hard work. Um, and it turns out Abby and Martha are tied with Jonathan in their number of kills. <laughs> Yeah, that was such a funny scene. Which bothers him so much. I know <laughs> the, the, the level of like petty, um, like there's he's so like um, com- competitive with his aunts over the number of people they've killed. Yeah, <laughs> what? Yeah, it's is so ridiculous. <laughs> um, so the judge shows up outside and gives Mortimer the second signature that he needs to commit Teddy upon, and then. When he returns into the house, Jonathan binds and gags Mortimer and and preps to do away with his brother the slow way, which apparently (laughs) um, Einstein wants nothing to do with. Uh, yeah, he's a damaged man at that point. He is. I uh, know. We I we know. love him. A, at this it was point. a bit of a bummer. I was like, oh, yeah. It's like, uh, I don't want to yeah. know what he's gone through. Um, so the action is all interrupted when O'Hara returns to investigate Teddy's loud bugle blowing. Um, and then seeing Mortimer tied up, he uses the opportunity to continue telling him the storyline of his play, <laughs> which is so stupid. It's like, excuse me, there's a man tied up in a living room and your first concern is to just dis- continue discussing your play. I know. He's like, no, you stood me up. I'm yeah. going to tell you this. <laughs> um and then, uh, which was the bloop, 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 bloop. Lost my place. Um, priorities. Priorities. You know, exactly. Uh, so he's telling uh, Mortimer the storyline of his play, and Jonathan gets cold cocked accidentally for, by Einstein. Um, and then Johnny eventually comes too, and he assumes that O'Hara and his partner, who has recently arrived, are there to arrest him, and he accidentally reveals that he's a fugitive on the lam. Um and then the their boss, the cop's boss's lieutenant, arrives. Um, they arrest Jonathan, and then Einstein manages to slip out after signing as the doctor on Teddy's forms for commitment. <laughs> um, Mr. Witherspoon shows up from the asylum, um, picks up Teddy, but Abby and Martha don't want him to leave, be alone, so they go too. They all commit themselves to this asylum. <laughs> And just before yep. they leave, Abby reveals to Mortimer that he's not actually their nephew, but adopted from a girl they took in. Realizing he's not related makes Mortimer ecstatic since there's no chance of insanity being passed down. So Mortimer rushes to tell the news to Elaine, who just discovers Spinalzo and Hoskins in the basement. But it doesn't <laughs> matter because Mortimer is not a Brewster and their honeymoon can finally con- commence. Huzzah, married Huzzah. people! Weddings! Which Yay! I'm just like, I love that the, that that point, it was like, the end! And then the music swells, and I'm like, you still have 
13 bodies in the basement. <laughs> yeah, uh, hey, hold up. Hold I on. Wait, what? I think yes. that might need to be dealt with. <laughs> also, I I actually made the note. Hold on, I'm going to read it. I, I forgot. I, uh, I made the... Uh, let's see. I'm not a Brewster. I'm the son of a sea cook. Uh, he takes her into the house where her parents live and immediately they put them in separate rooms because it's the 1940s <laughs> <laughs> they're like hold on wait up what up no no mortimer get out of here no you go to the room elaine get in your room that's fine you're but good at this you're point, married. they're married so they should have yeah, been yeah that's true be and then it's like we be fucking it don't matter we're <laughs> exactly. making babies now we're oh doing god's God. plan Woo! Woo! Brown mail for that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Um so this this movie, I mean, is adorable. And everybody adorable. looks amazing in this movie they too. Do. Like the yes. I mean the like seriously, like Auntie um, like Aunt Abby and Aunt Martha are serving up like Bitty realness. Bitty realness. <laughs> full fantasy. Old crotchety crones. Like or like Yeah, they're, but they're definitely so cute they're they're like and so adorable. They're like it's kooky like, old ladies. Like yes. they're like kooky old lady full fantasy. They're just like they're like, I'm old, I'm crazy, and I'm I love the way that when um Aunt Abby runs, she kind of does this weird little She kind of runs a little bit, like a little bitty bitty jog. Uh, the bitty so jog. Good. And she like bounces because she's kind of bigger. So she's yeah. <laughs> like boom, 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 doo, 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 hello doo. yeah yeah she definitely I, I love has it. like I, a... I love her. she she knows how to wear uh gradient bows in in <laughs> multiple in multiple ways um, oh my god also uh yeah i i also love it martha like the whole thing is she wears high necks because she's an acid burn that's pretty yeah. dark um uh, but but i love that they're basic they're 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 i would say I'd say they're kind of wearing things from like 1910. Yeah, they are. Supposed to take place in like 1940 ish. So this would be like through. It's it's weird to think 30 years prior, people were like full on like Edwardian era. That's crazy. You know, like corsets. A lot had happened. Long skirts and and like 30 years is really not that long ago if you think about it. But I kind of love it too that they're actually not. They I love that they're wearing something from that era because it almost makes it seem like they have arrested development too. Me where too. it's almost like mm-hmm. we're like they got that to that age and they're just like we're done. We're done growing as mentally. Like we're literally just gonna be like young women in our I, minds I agree. and be well, kind of quirky I, and weird. You know, absolutely. Well, I think it implies even so the whole thing. Like they even said like their father, whatever. He sounds like he was like a mad scientist with a lot of money. I mean, these the Bruce. Right, had a yeah. lot of money they're like this weird crazy fa- rich family oh, and yeah. it sounds like sort of the ants being the last one standing was probably the best thing that ever happened because they were the ones who were able to raise the the boys and i thought i didn't realize teddy was his uncle i just right I, yeah teddy i guess was i'm looking because like i'm looking at i look at teddy and I look at Jonathan and Mortimer, and they all look like brothers. I imagine who that knows, Teddy's probably younger. Who knows who's an uncle and who's a brother? Because as they even said that, like it sounds like things were so nefarious. So I think that's what's so great about this story is like you can kind of speculate so much. And yeah. I think if you, even if you want to do like a modern day version of this, I think it would be. I think actually could be pretty kind of amazing. But I would totally do it where it was like Teddy Mortimer. And Jonathan were maybe brothers, or at least like maybe they don't have to be brothers. But I noticed how it what was interesting the connection with all three of them. They were so it was so easy for them to talk to Teddy. Yeah, it was so easy for them to say. Even Jonathan, he comes back and he's all psycho, and he's like, "No, I'm such a you know like I'm Herbert Hoover." You know, like he he does the whole like. You know, he, he, he knows how to like, along, slip yeah. into that. He knows how to slip yeah. into it and play along, and that's what I think. I don't know. I, to me, I thought that shit was so adorable how everybody kind of slipped into it and played along with Teddy because he was so nice. Yeah, and, and I think that too know, is like I a normal. It. I love that. I think too, this is the first time that they've dealt with sort of like someone who is delusional in film. Like you don't see that very often, especially from this era where they they, yeah. they normalized it. They treated him. They really just like, did. You know, like they're the just beginning like of the why? movie is like they're donating yeah. his toys. Like they're do- yeah. like they're actually the cops come over and they take and they're like, wow, these are so nice. Like he's donating all the and it sounds like that's the thing they do every year. It's like they're so rich 
that yeah. you know Teddy is able to buy have all these model toys and then they talk to him they're like no Teddy it's time for you to give these away because they know he's going to get more and so it's like like they're getting toys from a man from like yeah. a grown ass man who has you know who who thinks he's a child but like I love that that's what's happening and they're, everybody's like wow everybody's going to love these like imagine if that was the modern day equivalent it's like imagine a guy like that getting all these models like yeah. Marvel comic models or whatever and it's just like no you have to give those away every year and imagine all the people would love that you know so totally. I don't know I think a lot of the things that what that are in this story could easily apply even in a modern way if you wanted to do it Completely. and um, yeah I agree I, yeah, um, I love Teddy. Actually, like it's funny. Teddy is not a killer at all. He's like the most no, innocuous, no, yeah. easygoing, like I also sweet love guy. That. I, you know. Yeah, I love that he had. Uh, he actually, I, now that I think about it, he actually did have a few costume changes because he mm-hmm. was wearing, like, he wore his like safari outfit with his pith yes, helmet, with which pith I helmet. love that he had the yeah. pith helmet. And, and I, I love he brings he, one down for Peter Laurie. Yes. He's like, we're coming in with me. Oh, it's so cute. I love that he's like, it's dangerous down there. And Peter Laurie's yep. like. Bon voyage. Yep. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> He's so creepy and He's awkward. So I love good. it. It's He's so like, I love it. I love it. And, and then I loved his like his it. like signing suit. Like when he has a suit yeah. on to like sign his papers. Like he's totally wearing like a Teddy Roosevelt, like the tailcoat suit with the like the vest and the tie and everything. Yeah. And oh um God, he's yeah. so good. He's into it. I love it. I loved, I really did love the way that the aunts were dressed. They looked so Me cute. Too. Were, Me oh. too. Me too. It's like like Chantilly lace and like ruffles with the bib yep. front and like lots but of But you could tell everything they, like, that they were wearing was made out of like a crepe material that was very soft and very like, yep. like again, disarming and very charming and just, just very soft and sweet. And that's the thing is like, even though they were older or like little old ladies, they still look beautiful and sweet and like someone you want to hug and spend time with. And again, if you're a costume designer or you're doing it, like, I think that's why this, this play is so great from a, from a high school theater perspective, because if you're trying to really like use your skills and like expand your skills and any of that, it's like, like as a costume designer it's like i have to do costumes for older people for people like they're like current my age then you have to do the psycho guy you know it's like and then you have to think about all that and one of the things i really loved about like jonathan's outfit which i think (laughs) i was even wrote him like he must have been the original lurch because if you notice like they did the whole like his jacket fits him so like he you know like he looks like the slender man yeah you know totally it's really funny because um yeah they make him look super duper tall yeah and i was like when i was watching i was like he's so menacing and tall and the way that they fit his jacket it's almost like they put everything kind of like higher up on him than they would to make him look crazy tall and then there's a scene where he's literally standing right against uh writing right up against like eye to eye with uh carrie grant they're the same height yeah but he looks like he's like seven feet tall but they also yep. film him from below all the time to make him look yep. just more menace it was really it's just, cool it's fabulous fabulous film work and costuming as far as like taking people who are almost like like similar like heights or average and then just that transformation through costuming and and the lighting and the editing is absolutely phenomenal That's and it's amazing. so good yeah, yeah. but uh, just all the characters are so great like they I really know. grow on you and and uh i mean i hate to say it i think elaine is probably the most annoying i hate when she kind of felt terrible for her I felt though bad for her. i was so bad for her because mortimer was just like he's like not now not now not now and i'm like you just married that woman yeah, like good yeah. lord like he was but she was beautiful uh, he was so, she had like oh a gosh. ginger rogers face she, like she was she's gorgeous. beautiful she's just quite beautiful and she, her hair always looks like it was just Ugh. freshly taken out of like fresh pin curls and exactly. brushed out i mean the one dress so that she she changes into it's like kind of like a jacket like traveling dress it's like all black with these big giant, oh like, i brooch, love that suit like brooch so buttons good. i wrote that down because i guess because i loved her hat because the hat was like a cross between like a turban and a bonnet it was very yes. interesting and then i loved her buttons because and i like because they look really shiny and i was just like okay and i want i actually wrote it down I, okay what color is her outfit 
<laughs> Seriously, I really want to know because in my mind, I'm like, is it like a deep, rich jewel color? Is it, it black? I imagine because it, was, it looks I, black, but I bet you, you know. it was black because um, if it's a traveling coat or it's like if they were traveling, that's true. Then it it would have been somber. Wear black yeah, to like, and then maybe with like gold case, buttons or yeah. something. But those buttons were so big they looked like brooches they were amazing. that were turned into buttons i was loving and then she had that and she's got big giant and she has uh, that big giant flower like that probably mm-hmm. smelled amazing like on i know her, on it's like shoulder. that beautiful like, light it's oh. like that, that honestly look like so my parents were i mean not my parents my grandparents on my mom's side were married around that same time in the mid 40s my oh, grandma wow. was 18 my grandpa was like 21 or 22 and it's totally like New York. She's wearing a suit, very similar, but it's like a light color. I don't think it was white, but she's she's wearing a corsage like that and oh, looks wow. very much like Elaine Harper, which is crazy. And then there's my grandpa, and he's wearing his, like, Navy suit, like his military, like, suit. And so it's like the dark coat with the white pants and everything. And they're just right in, like, City Hall at New York City. It's That's it's crazy. So cool. And so wow. every time whenever I see movies like this and that time and that era, I'm just like, oh, there's my grandma. because it totally is that like and it's such a good look though i have to admit like that 40s time was i I don't know i've been really thinking about it like when we were you know like i was doing some research even before we started recording and i really think the 1940s and just fashion at least at that time was so amazing because this was right before like cars in the suburbs really blew up this was like right. World War yeah. Two. This was right before, you know, this was this was not post-war. And it's like there was still so much great thought and intent that went into clothes that people wore every day. You yeah, know, there like was just pockets and functionality. Them. But yet you were chic. You know, I love that there's this blend. And like wearing a hat, as much as it looks like, oh, that looks really fashionable, it did serve a purpose. Like it kept your hair looking crisp. It really did. <laughs> like all of this shit made sense, you know? And the more yeah. it's like the older I get, the more I look into this, I'm just like, damn, they really like they got they had their shit together. You know? know, like and I feel they like really we can really they take a tip about out. that today. They really yeah. did. You know, because people did not like like on average, even if you had money, you were not going to ride in a car every day. You weren't you were not going to you were probably going to commute by foot or like, you know, on bike or whatever on the train or mass transit on the train. Exactly. Like public transportation. So there was just more thought and more purpose put into what men and women wore every day. And, you know, it would be a smart suit, but it would and and it would look good, but it would also have like pockets and it would be sturdy and it would, you know, be something you wouldn't just throw away and you wouldn't have a bunch of them. You would have a few of them and they cost a lot of money. But you would have them taken in. You'd have them altered. You'd have them worked on. Like it wasn't, and you knew how to work on them yourself. In that, men included. Yep. Knew how yeah. to sew. Like it was a different time. And and uh, you know, get off my lawn is what I'm yeah. saying. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I love Arsenal Lace. Uh, this movie's oh amazing. Yeah, this movie I'm so is glad this amazing. was our Halloween special. Totally <laughs> spooky dookie. So spooky. I mean, um, fucking thirteen bodies in the cellar, motherfucker. That's I mean, fucking Jesus spooky Christ. as fuck. I'm just like, what they nobody... do with them? What happened? We I'm don't just like, know. My first, my first question was, um, nobody noticed the smell. Seriously, I assume they not... blame him on Jonathan, and like Jonathan gets like pegged for all these things. Ooh, I missed that. <laughs> Never mind. Whoa. Uh-oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> No, I imagine that's probably what's going to happen. Is they'll pro- but that, I mean, that's like the epilogue or the sequel yeah. that nobody wants to see. Um, but that's but what's so great about the story. It the makes way. you think about it afterwards. You're like, what's going to happen? Well, maybe it's yeah. going to be this. Maybe I mean, I love stories that keep you thinking. Because yeah. it's like it's open-ended. But yeah, I loved it. <laughs> um, was there anything else that I could think to, think to talk about in this movie other than the fact that O'Hara is kind of a dreamy cop? Um, a dreamy he Irish totally, cop. He's so pretty dreamy. dreamy. Yeah. Um, and Peter yes. Laurie is like weirdly dreamy because he's so Kinda weird dreamy. and he's like, fascinating. Weirdly dreamy. Like Ooh, he's girl, one of those you know what we need to do is the Maltese Falcon. We need oh, to do we're that. We're gonna soon. do the Maltese Falcon. Don't you worry about that. Because isn't he supposed to be like a kind of like a f- kind of? Isn't he like? Uh, he's kind of a swish in that but, one. Yeah. But isn't say. he supposed to like? Yeah, he's supposed to be like the characters alluded to to be gay in that movie. 
Yes. And yeah. like, I, I just remember like when watching The Cellular Closet, one of my favorite documentaries yeah. ever. They I actually watched that note when that. we went to China. When I went to China for work, I watched that on the, I downloaded it, made sure to download it and watch it on the flight. It was, it's uh, so good. It's still it kind of holds up. I mean, oh, it, it totally does hold does. up. It's weird to see like Lily Tomlin looks so young in that. Oh my God. But a lot of other so people. Young. But it's got a lot of heart. It totally yeah. does. Um, one last thing that I want to talk about or just mention before we go in about this movie is that when they show, when he goes back into the kitchen and the kids are all trick-or-treating and stuff, um, the aunts give the, give the trick-or-treaters a jack-o'-lantern. Yeah, like whole jack-o'-lanterns. Like what the fuck are they going to do with a jack-o'-lantern? I, I don't know, but that's, honestly, that's the thing too. But it, did you look at their masks? Okay, like everything I was- I mean fucking like the stuff of nightmares. Uh, right, like everything, apparently everything was different in Halloween in the 1940s because oh Jesus Louises, that was crazy. They were, woof. I mean, you look at they have those once in a while gallery of like photos from like the twenties and thirties from Halloween, and you're just uh, costumes, and it'd be like Mickey Mouse and Minnie Mouse, but they literally look like they're they're just like they look like nightmares. No, <laughs> they were the inspiration for American Horror Story. Like that's Pretty a much. weird thing. It was so <laughs> like, scary. Ah, okay. I mean, my so thing was weird, like, <laughs> like my my old, you know, because I mean not really into kids but i mean i get it like hey, i mean i mean you know you, you know, do you girl yeah, you do you people whoever yeah you, right whoever exactly you. but one of my things like sort of a, a i guess you could say a promise i made to my younger self was that if i ever lived in a place where i had like trick-or-treaters like kids come I was totally gonna hand out full size candy bars because I always thought oh, that was super yeah. baller. You'd be the super that, baller. You be, yeah. You would be the the hit of the town. Oh fuck like, yeah. You would trust me. Because I remember um, there were a few. There were literally like a few years in my life where like was someone given a few like a full size candy bar, and I remember them. I remember each and every oh one. God, yeah. So I'm always like, um, man, I want to be that. I want to be that grown up. <laughs> I mean, are you kidding me? Like I was when my when my best friend, one of my col- like college best friend, uh, Jennifer, when she told me that she was pregnant, I was just like, please be a girl, please be a girl, please be a girl, because I wanted to dress dress up a baby, teeny tiny baby chair. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> like I'm like first Halloween, that baby can walk. I'm dressing it up as Cher from the Academy Awards, and it's gonna be amazing. <laughs> but she had a but she had a boy, so what are you gonna do? I know. I feel like I had I had a lot of those plans for for my friend Tanya's baby. And hey, I fucking love Malcolm. He's amazing. But and and he kind of it. It's funny because we still put him in like unicorn leggings and like fun things. It doesn't really <laughs> matter. Like he doesn't care because he's so little. But like it's yeah. sort of like it flip flops. It's like we're not like he has to wear boy clothes because he's a boy, you know. But yeah. uh, but it's it's still one of those. I'm like oh, I. I a girl would have been so amazing. Yeah. And it's funny because I know in, in, you know, at least where I grew in my family, what I grew up with, it was like, there was a massive disappointment. I was the first grandchildren that was, and I was not a son. <laughs> Everybody ah, was hoping. Please. So, you know, it's just different. And like, I think that yeah. it's funny. Cause it's like, and I was like, Oh no, girl would be amazing. I would love it so much. <laughs> and I would, but, I mean, just you will wear this. You will wear this now. Halloween costumes alone. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> Well, we're already planning, like, at least for, for that kind of stuff. It's like, mm, when yeah. when can you, like, he's he still doesn't like shoes, but we're getting him, like, if we can just get you in shoes, everything's going to be good, <laughs> but it's going to be fine. It's cool. Okay. Was like, there anything else that we need to talk about in this movie before we go? Um, not, to, not to derail the conversation. No, no, no. It's children. weird. I know. I know. Weird. Like, the, sorry. It's okay. Um... Well, so that's the movie, and that's our thoughts on the movie. So hope you guys enjoyed the movie. Um, hope, yeah. If you haven't checked it out, definitely check it out. I mean, it's well worth a watch, especially in this in this climate of Halloween. Um, so definitely check it out. Um, you guys can hit us up on social media, as always. Shameless plug time. Another shameless um, plug. Old Hollywood realness on instagram at ohr podcast on twitter old hollywood realness on facebook and you can visit us up our website oldhollywoodrealness.com and while you're at our website you can support the show by clicking the amazon banner at the side when um you're gonna be shopping on amazon because i know you're gonna be shopping on amazon um so click the banner we'll get a couple of uh, we'll get some pennies it'll go back into the show making it better um go ahead and give us um 
a rate and review and subscribe over on iTunes. Um, I want to start a new thing where I start reading our um, our reviews on um, online. So oh god, um, we have reviews. Goes. We have reviews. We have oh, a few. Shit. So I want to encourage everybody to write reviews, and we'll start reading them online um, on the show. So uh, first um, is from uh, our very first one is from the first one we received from Kitty Cobain. She says, this podcast is amazing. I'm pretty obsessed with old Hollywood. On top of that aspect, the host just cracked me up. I feel like I'm in the room with my friends and we are talking about old movies. So incredible. Like, oh, so thank you so the much best. for that. Yes, um, thank you. And um, th- thanks for listening. Uh, thanks to Hal Lublin for his vocal talents at the top of the show for the opening. And I've got nothing else on this this one. I am so stoked people listen. And uh, yes, uh, just thank yeah. you. Thank you so much. Um, I, I think it's really great. I hope other people enjoy classic films like we do. And um, it's just really fun to talk about them and gush about the costumes and just all the people and the work that went into it. So thank you so much. And Thank happy you. Halloween, and everybody. Happy, happy magical, Halloween. wonderful Halloween. <laughs> um, and as always, thanks for listening to OHR Charge. Bye. Bye.